Welcome to part two of The Farm That Ran Away and Came Back. The last we heard, the farm was starting to drift away, and even the church spires of the village near were fading from sight. But when the wind changed, from the south to the west, they seemed as if on a ship, with sails set and to be making due west for North Holland. The younger children, so far from being afraid, clapped their hands in glee. They thought it was great fun to ferry across the big water, which they had so long seen before their eyes. Their stingy father, who had stolen all the land, had never owned a carriage or allowed the horses to be ridden. He always made his family walk to church, whether it were to the sermon in the morning or to hear the catechism expounded by Domini in the afternoon. And that's just church talk. All the family had to tramp on their wooden shoes there and back. As for the floating farm, the cows could not understand it. They mooed piteously while the donkey brayed loudly. At night and day after day, no one could attend properly to the animals to see that they were fed and given water. One always sees a big tub in the middle of a Dutch pasture field. Neither ducks nor geese nor chickens minded it in the least. But the thirsty cattle and horses, at the end of the first day, had drunk the tub dry. None of the dumb brutes, even if they had not been afraid of being drowned, could drink from the river, for it was chiefly ocean water, that is, salt and very brackish. Occasionally, this errant farm, or floating farm, that had thus broken loose passed by fishermen, who wondered at so much land thus adrift. Yet they feared to hail and go on board, because the owners might think them intruding. Others thought, none, uh, thought it none of their business, supposing some crazy fellow was using his farm as a ship to move his lands, goods, and household, and thus save expenses. In some of the villages, the runaway farm was described, des described from the tops of the church towers, and then it furnished a subject for chat and gossip during three days for the women and the men as they milked the cows and knitted stockings, and did their chores. Uh, it was a lively topic. They were real people on it, and a house and stables, said one person, who declared that he had seen this new sort of flying Dutchman. That was a type of ship. It was the usual sight, cow, dog, and stork, and then he quoted an old Dutch proverb. <laughs> uh, at last, after several days, when Ryer and his son were nearly finished with fatigue and fright, in trying to row their boat to catch up with the runaway farm, they finally reached a village across from the river in North Holland, where rye bread and turnips satisfied their hunger, and they had waffles for dessert. Their small change went quickly, and then the two men were at their wits' end to know what to do. By this time, out on the floating farm, the mother and children were wild with fear of starving. All the food for the cattle had been eaten up. The dog had no meat but the cat no milk, and the store can run out of its supply of food, too. There was no sugar or coffee, and neither rye nor currant bread or sliced sausage or wafer-thin cheese for anyone, but only potatoes and some barley grain. Happily, however, in drifting within sight of the village of Osterbeek, the mother and the children noticed that the east wind was freshening. Soon they could see the tops of the church towers of North Holland, the smell of cows and cheese and burning peat fires from the chimneys made both animals and human beings very happy, as the wind blew the island westward to the village. 
Curiously enough, though, this was the very place at which, by hard rowing, Ryer and Pete had also arrived. Father and son were sitting in a hotel parlor with their eyes down on the sandy floor, wondering how they were to pay for their next sandwich and coffee, for their money was all gone. At that moment, a small boy clattered over the bricks in his clumps. He kicked these off at the door and rushed into the room. He had on his yellow baggy trousers and his hair, of the same color, was cut level with his ears. Half out of breath, he announced the coming afloat of what looked like a combination of farm and menagerie. A house, a woman, some girls, a dog, a cat, and a stork were on it, and afloat. At once, once, old man Ryer, still stiff from his long, cold bath, hobbled out and Pete ran before him. Yes, it was mother, the children, and the animals. For the first time in his life, the mean old farmer felt his heart thumping in grateful emotion. Under his woolen jacket, with its two golden buttons, something like real love had finally oozed out from under his crusted soul. A whole convoy of boys, fishermen, farmers, and a fat row of two (laughs) volunteered to go out and tow the runaway farm to the village wharf. They succeeded in grappling the float and held it fast by ropes tied to a horse post. That night, all were happy. The farm was made fast by another rope put around the town pump, and then the villagers all went to bed, and they were happy in having rescued a runaway farm. And they expected a good reward from the rich old briar, who in the barroom had talked big about his wealth. As for the Von Bunges, in order to save a landlord's bill for beds, they slept in their house. That is the people. That's their last name. On board the farm, amid the lowing of their cattle that called out in their own way for more fodder, while the people in the village wondered at roosters crowing out on the water, and evidently the barnyard birds were frightened. And so they were, for before midnight, when all the creatures were asleep, not even a mouse was stirring on land, whether hard, fast, or floating. The west wind rose mightily and blew to a terrific gale. Uh-oh. In a moment, the tow lines that held the vagrant farm to the village pump and horse posts snapped. The family estate left the wharf and was driven at a furious rate across the river. For several hours, like a ship under full sail, it was pushed westward by the wind. Yet so soundly did all sleep man, wife, children, and hens that none awakened during the strange voyage, even the roosters, after their first concert, held in their voices. Suddenly, and as strayed as if steered by a skilled pilot, the family farm, now an accomplished traveler, after its many adventures, shot into its old place. This took place with such violence that Ryer and his wife were both thrown out of bed. The cows were knocked in, out over the, oh, were knocked over in the stable, the dog barked, supposing someone had kicked him, and one old rooster jostled off his perch, set up a tremendous crowing that brought some of the early rider- risers out to rub their eyes and see what was going on. Heaven and earth, lightning and rain, they cried. The old farm's back in its place. In fact, the farm was snugly fitted once more to the mainland, and again in the niche of it it had left. It had struck so hard that a ridge of raised grass or earth five inches high marked the place of junction. At least twenty fishes and wriggling eels were smashed in the collision. From that day forth, the conscience of the family returned. 
Old Ryan, he actually became an honest man. He sawed off, from time to time, portions of his big farm and returned them home with money paid as interest to the owners. He found out all those whose bits of land had drifted off, and he sent a tidy sum of gold to the village in North Holland, where his farm had been moored for a few hours. With a good conscience, he went to church and prayed. His action at each of the two collections with Dutch folks always take up on Sundays was noticed and praised as a sure and public sign of the old sinner's true repentance. So he had turned into a good guy. When the church leaders poked under his nose, their black velvet their black velvet bags hung at the end of their fishing poles, ten feet long. This man, who had been for years very cheap, dropped in silver coins each time. And on the, far, on the farm, all the animals, from duck to stork, from dog to ox, now led happier lives in the family, all declared that the behavior of the farm and the wind of the river had combined to make a new man and a delightful father of an old miser. He lived long and happy and died greatly lamented. Everyone was sad when he died. And that is the tale of the farm that ran away and came back.